0: Good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Hayesville, North Carolina. Welcome to a Monday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio. Thanks for spending some time with us here this morning. It is a beautiful day here. Finally, uh, we had uh, monsoon again over the weekend. I, I tell you what, uh, we are just been we've just been inundated with rain. Uh, another uh, almost inch and a half of rain this weekend, and uh, just uh, brutal, brutal. So uh, we're uh, we're drying out, happy about that. I I don't know if you've noticed, we have a little bit of a buzz uh, in the background. I'm not sure where it's coming from. Uh, I've got some new equipment on the way, so hopefully we're going to be able to clear that up. Um, I know somebody mentioned that they could still hear it. Um, in the broadcast, so hopefully uh, we've got we'll have that cleared up uh, sometime today, and uh, when we come back tomorrow, everything will be right with the world. Um, if you are a fan of the Buffalo Bills, everything is right with the world today. The Bills beat the Patriots yesterday in the final game of the season. Um, they clinched the uh, the number two seed in the uh, NFC play or AFC playoffs. And they win one for Damar Hamlin. And um, the most bizarre—I don't, you know—I don't know, you know what your, what what in- your individual thoughts are about uh, about the man upstairs and religion and God and everything else. But I'm going to tell you what: if you don't believe in God. Please explain to me what happened yesterday when on the first play of the game on the opening kickoff. Naim Hines returns it 96 yards for a touchdown. On the opening play when everybody is emotional after their teammate went into cardiac arrest on the field, he's in, you know, intensive care in the hospital and they return the opening kickoff 96 yards for a score. It is unbelievable. And, and by the way, they do it again in the fourth quarter. Hines scores his second touchdown of the game on a kickoff return. They beat the Patriots 35-23, to and 14 of those 35 points came courtesy of kickoff returns. You know, look, if you're a fan of the Patriots, the Patriots did not roll over and die here. The game was tied at 14 at the half. Patriots took a lead early, and then the Bills had uh, uh, three of the final four scores, and they end up winning at 35-23. But it was all about the kickoff returns. And I I said the fourth quarter was the second one. It was in the third quarter. You know, and – Josh Allen, who was the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, he said, Look, um, it's just spiritual. He said, You can't draw that one up or write it any better. I I said, Look, if you had written this as you know uh as a Hollywood play, somebody'd be like, Get the hell out of here with this crap. This can't happen. And you could see the Buffalo Bills sideline. Josh Allen, they 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 Cut to him on the sideline, and he basically just had both hands on his helmet, going, "Oh my God, what just happened?" I mean, it was it was incredible. Uh, Jim Nance and Tony Romo, who were doing the broadcast, Jim Nance was just, you know, said it right. You know, I mean, it's just uh, miraculous, incredible, spiritual. Use whatever name you want. uh, The Bills win, and the Patriots are out of the playoffs. Um, They fall to eight and nine on the season. And as when you, we had Dan Zapano on on Friday. And as you heard Dan say, why, you know, at this point, if you're a Patriots fan, why do you want them to make the playoffs? You're just wasting everybody's time. (laughs) He's not wrong. Because, you know, here's the thing even if the Patriots had won this game, there was a chance they were going to have to play Buffalo again next week. Although, as it turns out, they probably would have had to play Cincinnati because Cincinnati ended up, uh, Uh, winning yesterday but still it, it would have come down to a coin flip but still what an incredible incredible finish for the buffalo bills uh and look mac jones threw three touchdowns but he also threw three interceptions and you know a couple of them were tipped they were kind of bad luck And he was pressing a little bit. The Patriots wanted to win this game. They wanted to get into the playoffs. You know, every team wants to get into the playoffs. You don't play to lose. Ask the Houston Texans yesterday who blew the chance to have the number one overall draft pick by winning a game, going for it for too late, and and, uh, ended up winning the game. And because the Chicago Bears lost and Houston won, Houston loses out on the number one draft pick. But you don't go out to tank. You just don't. So the Patriots weren't going to go out there and tank and try to lose the game to get a better draft pick. But, you know, so Mac Jones was pressing a little bit. But this one went exactly the way people thought it would. Although, well, maybe not because a lot of people, myself included, thought the Patriots would get absolutely blown out of this game. If they had lost this game by 30, I would not have been surprised. And as it turned out, they, they fought right to the end. So now the Bills, because the they win that game and the Patriots are out, the Bills will now play the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins get the final playoff spot in the AFC, beating the New York Jets in an absolute snoozer. <laughs> I mean, yeah, look, Miami took the lead with uh, with 18 seconds left in the fourth quarter, a uh, Jason Sanders 50-yard field goal. They had only hit one 50-yard field goal all year. So Sanders hits a bomb uh with 18 seconds left to give the uh, Dolphins the lead. They get a team safety um as the Jets were trying to to come back and uh you know, make a miraculous play late and they end up winning 11 to 6. I mean, just a snoozer. But look, what do you expect? Both teams were starting their third-string quarterbacks. The Jets, Joe Flacco. Um, You know, and uh, they had hoped that Mike White was going to be able to play, but the ribs weren't good enough, so he could not play. And the Dolphins were playing Skyler Thompson, their third-string quarterback, because – uh, Tua Tungavayaloa is still out with the concussion protocol. Teddy Bridgewater, who came in for Tua after the concussion, uh dislocated the pinky on his throwing hand, so he was out. So they're down to their third string quarterback. So Thompson makes his second start of the season and they win it. And, you know, look, Thompson wasn't spectacular, twenty of thirty one, one hundred and fifty two yards. Didn't but the thing is is he took care of the football. No turnovers. You know, and, uh, you know, Flacco is, you know, 112 years old. His days are done. He didn't turn the ball. There were no turnovers in this game. It was just ineptitude is what it was. So, the, the you know, the Miami Dolphins will now go into Buffalo next week and get the absolute snot beat out of them. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. Um, now, there is a chance, I suppose, that Tua comes back and plays. But even if he does, you know – He's already suffered three concussions this year. You know, he's had weeks off. So he's going to be, you know, even if he comes back, he's going to be rusty. Tyree Kill, their biggest weapon, uh, was in and out of that game yesterday, uh, dealing with an ankle problem. So even, you know, he's not going to be 100%. Um, Raheem Mostert, their top running back. Injured his thumb in the fourth quarter. He didn't come back. We don't know what his status is. So, you know, the Dolphins are going to get in, but it is a banged-up Dolphins team. You know, I don't know what they've got left in the tank. Look, good for Miami getting into the playoffs. It's something that the franchise needed, as, as Dan pointed out. But, uh, you know, it's not going to be pretty. My guess is when the line comes out, I have not seen the lines from Vegas yet uh, this morning, but my guess is, is that uh, the Bills will be double-digit favorites in this game. Now, they split their two, two games the regular season, each uh, team winning on its other, the other team's field. But still, this is not the same Dolphins team. And, you know, with Tua, look, Tua is, has gotten way more credit this year than he should have. But he's better than Skylar Thompson. He's better than Teddy Bridgewater. But he's also had three concussions, and there, there's you know there's real concern whether Tua should even still be playing, let alone starting a playoff game next week. But look, if they can get him, if he's uh, if he's ready to go, they're gonna they're gonna have to throw him out there. And you know there's they've just said, look, we don't know. It's a it's a day to day thing with Tua, and they're gonna take care of the player. And it uh, you know if he's not ready, he's not ready and they'll just, you know, they're hoping that Teddy Bridgewater may be able to play uh, after a couple of weeks off, but we'll see. But that's just going to be ugliness. Uh, the other AFC game yesterday that uh, of note, the Cincinnati Bengals defeated the Baltimore Ravens 27-16. Um, Joe Burrow threw for 215 yards and a touchdown. He wasn't great, but they were good enough to beat a – uh, Ravens team playing its third string quarterback. How much how many times have we seen that? look at you know look at the number of quarterback issues we've had in the NFL this year. The, the, the Washington commanders were playing their third string quarterback yesterday, right? The Indianapolis Colts everything that they've done this year with their quarterback situation. Um, the San Francisco 49ers are on their third quarterback. I mean it's just you know look at what's going on in Tennessee. Right, they're playing their third stringer, Uh, Houston. I mean, it's just uh, the 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 Falcons. It's just been gross quarterback play in the NFL this year was awful. You know, and it's not just it wasn't just injuries. It's just flat out stinks. You know, the New York Jets, Zach Wilson, a second round draft pick. We don't even know if they're going to continue to go down the road with this kid because he hasn't made any progress. So you know, quarterback play around the NFL this year, by and large, you know there were some exceptions, obviously, but by and large, it stinks. Look at what the struggles for Russell Wilson in Denver. I mean, Geno Smith of the Seattle Seahawks w- was one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL this year. I mean, you, obviously, Josh Allen and Josh, you know, and uh, Patrick Mahomes, you know, right up at the top. Tom Brady still, you know, he, people will say Tom Brady had a down year. Tom Brady set a, a uh, NFL record for most uh, most uh, completions in a season yesterday. So for a guy who's 45 years old that supposedly is having a down year, he sure put up some numbers, didn't he? But anyway, so Cincinnati wins this game yesterday. And the big news in this game really uh, was they avoided the uh, the dreaded coin flip. NFL owners, because of the situation in the game between Cincinnati and Buffalo when they decided they were not going to make that game up, there was a scenario where Baltimore might have had to flip a coin as to whether or not they were going to host the game against the Ravens or whether the Ravens would. Why? Well, if, if, but in order for that to happen, Uh, Baltimore had to beat them yesterday, and Denver had to beat the Chargers. Well, one of those two things happened. Denver did beat the Chargers. Uh, But Baltimore did not win, and there was a chance that that Cincinnati would have to flip a coin. (laughs) As silly as that absolutely sounds. Because they did not have an opportunity to play a game because of what happened uh, to DeMar Hamlin. In a game, by the way, that they were winning. You know, we don't know what would have happened, but at the end of the day, uh, Cincinnati was, was determined that they were not going to allow that to happen. So Joe Burrow with a touchdown, uh, Joe Mixon ran for one, and uh, Cincinnati did just enough uh, to beat a banged-up Ravens team. And what happens now? Hey, guess what? Cincinnati will play Baltimore in Cincinnati in the first round of the playoffs next weekend. Baltimore is hoping for everything that they've got that Lamar Jackson, their top quarterback, is ready to go. And there were reports this week that there is a decent chance that he will play in that wild card game. The only chance that Baltimore has is if he can play. But even then, this is a guy that is not going to be 100%, has not played for quite a while this season. So how good can he possibly be? Right? I mean, you know... Look, you Anthony Brown did everything he could do yesterday, and he wasn't awful making his first NFL start. He threw for 286 yards. He was 29 of 44. But Lamar Jackson is the guy. Lamar Jackson, when he is healthy, is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. But he has struggled this year with a lot of injury problems. A lot of them. So we'll see. But uh, with that win, Cincinnati at least doesn't have to worry um, about the coin flip, and uh, they win that game yesterday, twenty-seven to sixteen. Um, how about the Dallas Cowboys? Now, Dallas was hoping, you know, maybe to uh, uh, at least go into the playoffs feeling a little bit better about themselves. I mean, look, it really wasn't going to affect an awful lot. Um, unless the Philadelphia Eagles lost their game, which they didn't. So the game at the end of the day didn't mean a whole hell of a lot because of the fact uh, that Philly won their game yesterday. But, man, how bad were the Cowboys? Dak Prescott was 14 of 37. 14 of 37. Dallas couldn't run the ball at all. Um, I mean, they had – their top rusher was, was uh, Tony Pollard, seven carries, 19 yards. Zeke Elliott had eight carries for 10 yards. They did absolutely nothing on the ground, and Zach Prescott couldn't have hit a bull in the ass with a handful of rice. And they let the Washington Commanders, with their third-string quarterback, Sam Howell. Who? Exactly. Sam Howell kid who was a fifth-round pick out of North Carolina. He became the first rookie Washington quarterback to throw and run for a touchdown since Robert Griffin III did it back in 2012. And they beat the uh, Dallas Cowboys 26-6. 26-6. Unbelievable. And look, uh, give Washington a lot of credit you know with all the injuries and and all the issues they had at quarterback they finished 500 8 8 and 1 i didn't see that coming so give them a lot of credit you know they uh, uh, you know they fought right to the end and now the the Dallas Cowboys limp into the playoffs but if you're the Cowboys you probably could not have asked for a better first round opponent in the playoffs than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, I just I know I just sang Tom Brady's uh praises because, you know, everybody wants to kill him for having a bad year. You know, after after setting an NFL record with most completions in a season, you know, I get that. But Tampa's also 8-9. It's the first time in Tom Brady's career that he's been on a sub-500 team. Uh, now, Brady only played like a quarter and a half yesterday. Went 13 for 17, 84 yards and a touchdown. Threw a touchdown to uh, Kyle Rudolph on the first series um, and set the record like <laughs> right off the bat. And uh, But this was all about uh, the Tampa defense couldn't stop anybody. But they also knew that this game didn't mean anything. Tampa had already won the division, so it didn't mean if they won by 50 or lost by 50, they were going to be the number four seed because uh, their record was just so much worse than all the other division winners, but the division winners get the top four seed. So they already knew they were going to have a home game, and they already knew that it didn't matter. So they had an opportunity to play a whole bunch of guys that they wouldn't play. You know, uh, Trask and and Gabbert both played quarterback for Tampa after uh, Brady went out. So everybody had a chance to play. Atlanta was on their third string quarterback as well. Uh, Desmond Ritter, you know, it's just been, uh, you know, not a good football game, but it didn't matter. And you see that sometimes, unfortunately, at the end of the season when teams are out of it and they have no reason um, to play guys. Now here's the one I can't figure out. Yesterday, Brandon Staley, the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers, former San Diego Chargers, yesterday played everybody. He played all his starters in this game yesterday in a game that meant absolutely nothing. They already knew that the Baltimore Ravens had lost. So it didn't matter for the Chargers. They were locked into the number five seed. They already knew that. So win or lose, the game meant nothing. Yet he went out and he played his starting quarterback, his starting running back, Austin Eckler, Joey Bosa, who's been out um, with an injury most of the season. All his received, played everybody. So what happens? Austin Eckler got absolutely trucked by Josie Jewell, took a wicked shot. Joey Bosa, as I said, who would missed most of the year, ends up limping off the field with an injury. And then Mike Williams, one of your top receivers, a guy who's fragile anyway, had to be carted to the locker room. And then finally, in the fourth quarter, Staley took everybody out. After he would already gotten three guys practically killed, what is he doing? You know, it, it, look, this is a guy when he came to the Chargers. Everybody was, you know, uh, you know, he was supposed to be this, this, uh, this genius, this guy that uh, you know was uh, was the next level. You know, he looked at things differently than everybody else. This, but this is a guy that has. Uh, Been very aggressive on fourth down, has cost his team some games because of uh, some of the decisions he's made. There's times he looks completely lost, clock management terrible. And yet, you know, I don't understand why one of his assistant coaches didn't pull him to the side and say, what are we doing? Get them out. I know he's the head coach, and you know maybe guys are afraid of losing their jobs if they speak up. But he had no business playing all these guys. And by the way, they lost the game anyway. The Broncos score with six minutes or with eleven minutes left, and have an eleven point lead. the uh, uh, The Chargers get a consolation touchdown with six minutes left. Keenan Allen with a touchdown pass reception. By the way, Keenan Allen, what the hell's he still still doing in the game with six minutes left? I just don't understand what Brandon Staley is doing. It didn't make any difference. They were already headed to Jacksonville for their playoff game next week, win or lose. And now you may be going into that game next week shorthanded because you are a moron. Unbelievable. It's 28 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 31 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the wake-up call here on a uh, Monday morning. You know, there there were some other games yesterday um, that uh, had some implications. The Vikings still had an opportunity to move up to the number two seed if the 49ers had stumbled yesterday. They didn't, uh, but the Vikings took care of business first. Uh, Kirk Cousins... Uh, 17 of 20, 225 yards, and uh, they rolled the Chicago Bears yesterday, 29-13. Uh, they uh, got up 23-6. to It got to a point where uh, Minnesota was actually able to take guys out of the game, including Kirk Cousins, to make sure nobody got killed. Uh, Brandon Staley, you should have been paying attention. Um, uh, and, and they won that game. So they set themselves up to get the number two seed. They finished 13-4. Um, But San Francisco takes care of business yesterday, making sure they locked up that number two seed. Uh, They easily beat the Arizona Cardinals. Look, there was no doubt uh, that they were going to do that. Uh, Brock Purdy just continues to roll. The kid threw three more touchdown passes yesterday. I'll tell you what, what a great story. And, and, you know, there was talk yesterday that, you know, that when they make the playoffs, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo could come back for San Francisco late in the playoffs he, you know he won't play next week but there's a chance perhaps um that he could play in the next round of the playoffs if I'm the 49ers and I as, as silly as this sounds considering um you know Garoppolo was was your guy um do, do you take do you take Purdy out this kid has been good. You know, I I don't know what you do. I really don't. If I'm the 49ers, I think I'm just going to continue to roll with Brock Purdy through the rest of the season. You know, and, and worry about next year, next year. You know, Brock Purdy is their third-string quarterback, and uh, nobody could have foreseen this. But they easily beat the Cardinals yesterday, so they end up getting the number two seed. So they will play uh, the Seattle Seahawks. And the Seahawks get the final spot in the playoffs by beating the Los Angeles Rams in overtime 19-16. to A 32-yard field goal by Jason Myers with 434 to go. Uh, And that was after Myers tied the game at 16 apiece with a field goal with 219 left. Uh, Geno Smith was not great yesterday. He had had a really good season, but yesterday was not his shining moment at all. But fortunately, Walker, uh, with a nice game, ran the ball 29 times for 114 yards, uh, and they overcame a couple of interceptions uh, by Seattle. Baker Mayfield, uh, was not good. You know, it was funny. A lot of people said, well, maybe Baker Mayfield's, you know, found found his spot. You know, maybe maybe Sean McVay's the guy that's going to help him. Yeah, he wasn't very good yesterday either. Not that it mattered. The game meant nothing obviously for the Rams. Um, but Seattle comes out with the win in overtime and they sneak in to that number 7 spot so they get to go play at San Francisco next week. Good luck. you know uh you know whether it's purdy or garoppolo uh that san francisco team is much better when they played in the regular season the 49ers beat them twice they beat them uh 27 to 7 in san francisco early in the season uh and then the game in seattle back in the middle of december uh san francisco won that one 21 to 13 i don't expect the uh uh, the playoff game to be any different, but uh, good on them. Uh, the the uh, Philadelphia Eagles locked up the number one seed, as I mentioned earlier. The best thing for the Eagles was Jalen Hurts was back yesterday. Uh, he, he You could see the rust. Struggled a little bit, uh, but 20 of 35, 229 yards. He threw a pick, uh, didn't run the ball very effectively, um, but the Giants kind of mailed this one in. The Eagles built a, a, a 22-9 to lead. They actually led 19 nothing early in the third quarter, and then the Giants made a run late. Uh, but the Giants didn't play anybody because they didn't have to. Again, Brandon Staley of the Chargers, what are you doing? The Giants knew this game meant absolutely nothing. They were locked into the number six seed no matter what happened. They already knew that. The only question is who was going to be the two and who was going to be the three that they were going to have to play. It turns out they're going to have to play against the Minnesota Vikings. But the Giants, you know, gave everybody the day off. So, you know, it made it a lot easier uh, for the Eagles to win this game. But if you're the Eagles, just getting Jalen Hurts back was absolutely huge. You've got to feel good about that. Now, the Giants get to play, as they said, Minnesota. The Giants beat Minnesota in the regular season. It was the day before Christmas. They beat them 27-24. It was an entertaining game. The game was in New York. This one will be in Minnesota, but uh, that should be a a pretty good game. It should be. Um, But then the final game that meant something, it came down to the Sunday night game. Detroit already knew that they had been eliminated. They went into this game. Uh, you know, still with a chance to make the playoffs, but Seattle, with that victory over the Rams, wins the uh, got the number seven seed. So the Lions already knew they were out. So all the Packers had to do was beat a Lions team that was going to be demoralized because they didn't make the playoffs, right? Guess what? The Lions were not demoralized, and they beat the Packers yesterday, twenty to sixteen. Aaron Rodgers did not have his best game. 17 of 27, only 205 yards. The Packers did not run the ball effectively. And this Lions defense won that game. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. An interception, fumble recovery, and they win the game. And look, uh, Dan Campbell, I love this guy the head coach for the uh, the Lions, he said, look, he said, we found out in the pregame warm-ups that we were out, and he said, we were unfazed. He said, we, were, we knew what we were coming in for, and it was to gain some respect and show that we're capable no matter what happens. We knew only the only way to do that was to win, and they did. And look, this Lions team, after an awful start, Damn near made the playoffs. And you could make the case that they are a better team than Seattle. Matter of fact, I'm just going to say it flat out. They're a better team than Seattle. And I don't think anybody wanted to play that Lions team. They were hoping like hell that, that the Lions didn't make the playoffs. But think about this. The Lions were 1-6. and six. one And six. And they won five of their last six games, eight of their last nine games, or eight of the last ten games, I'm sorry. And damn near made the playoffs. And knocked the Green Bay Packers out of the playoffs in what could be the last game for Aaron Rodgers in his NFL career. He's already said he's not sure if he wants to keep playing. When DeMar Hamlin went down with the cardiac arrest, he was very vocal in saying, hey, look, this shook me. You know, this got my attention. And uh, so it would not surprise me at all if he doesn't come back. And he said, look, you know, in his postgame conference yesterday, press conference yesterday, he said, you know, at some point the carousel comes to a stop and it's time to get off. And I think you kind of know when that is. And he said, that's what I need to contemplate. Is it time? And, and he said, also, look, what's the organization doing? That's part of it, too. Um, he said, I've got the competitive fire. He said, I don't know if that ever goes away, but I don't know if I'm going to continue. You know, here's the thing. I think he does come back. Because I think he let people know that it's not a, it's not a lack of, like, I'm tired of the game. Right. I mean, that's what keeps Tom Brady coming back. You know, he retired for what, 40 days and said, damn, I need that rush. I need that competition. So he came back after 40. days. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to do the same thing. Now, do I think Aaron Rodgers is going to play at least 45 or 46 like Tom Brady? No, but I will bet he comes back for another year. I could be wrong. He's under contract for next year, so it's not like he's a free agent and can just walk away. He's under contract. Um, you know, I guess one scenario would be, look, if, if uh, you know they have Jordan Love there, uh, the guy that they think is going to be the heir apparent, if they decide, the Packers, that they want to make that move coming off a season when they didn't make the playoffs and, and go to their next quarterback, maybe they try to make a, a trade and, and trade If Aaron Rodgers wants to come back and Aaron says, look, I'd like to play, how about trading me? You know, maybe they try to work out something for that. I don't know. There's enough bad quarterback play around the NFL that I guarantee you somebody would sign up for Aaron Rodgers, you know, a 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers tomorrow if they could. So we'll have to see. But I think he comes back. I really do. So the playoffs are set for next week, um, and it is a Saturday, Sunday, Monday. We have a, a game on Monday for the playoffs Um, The Saturday games, the early game is going to be San Francisco uh, hosting the Seattle Seahawks. That's 4.30 on Fox. On Saturday night, Jacksonville will host the Los Angeles Chargers. That'll be at 8.15 on NBC. And then on Sunday, we've got three games at 1 o'clock. The Buffalo-Miami ass-kicking will be on CBS Uh, At 4.30 on Fox, we'll see the Giants at Minnesota. That's kind of a compelling game. Looking forward to that. And then at 8.15 on Sunday night on NBC, it'll be Baltimore and Cincinnati. Um, eh, You know, I still think Cincinnati wins that game. If Lamar Jackson comes back, maybe, you know, maybe you give Baltimore a chance. But I still think Cincinnati wins that game. And then on Monday night, um, perhaps the most compelling game, I guess. Can Tom Brady keep things rolling uh, with his eight and nine Tampa team? They will host the Dallas Cowboys after that stinker yesterday. Uh, that will be at eight fifteen on ESPN on Monday Night Football. Um, Houston Texans fired their head coach after the game yesterday. Lovey Smith, one year on the job, gone. Um, this is the second straight year that the Houston Texans have fired a head coach after just one season. And here's the thing. These guys that have coached these teams the last two years were working with rosters that were terrible. They didn't have any stars. They're playing with a lot of young guys or guys on the downside of their career. They were supposed to contend this year, you know, with an untested quarterback in Mills after the whole Deshaun Watson debacle. Look, they had one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, but Deshaun Watson with that whole uh, massage therapist scandal and, you know, eventually they end up trading him away, um, you know, it sat out last season. So what, what the hell – what are we supposed to do if you're the head coach of the Houston Texans? And by the way, both the guys that were fired, black, um, you know, this isn't a racial thing. They just got fired. But when you only have a handful of black coaches in a sport that is seventy-five to eighty percent black, you got to start wondering what the hell is going on. Well, maybe it's not seventy-five or eighty percent, but it's yeah. That probably is. That probably is. Um, When you got. Black coaches being fired when you don't have that many of them in the NFL, and you're not even giving them a chance to build up a team because you give them one year and done. You got to wonder what's going on, you know. And Nick Casario, the the you know the the president is like, yeah, well, you know, it's my job to build a better roster and constantly evaluate our top. But get the hell out of here, you know. Was Lovey Smith the answer? I don't know, but you got to give him more than a year. Now, Lovey Smith did his other uh, team a solid yesterday. You know he used to coach the Chicago Bears, and uh, by winning that game yesterday, and the Bears losing, the Bears now have the number one draft pick. Now, what's going to be interesting here is the the number one consensus pick is the quarterback out of Alabama, Bryce Young. Bears don't need a quarterback; they're set with Justin Fields. He looks like he's figured it out, and he's got to be their guy. So now, if you're the Bears, what do you do? Well, there's a couple of pretty good defensive players out there. I would think that that's the direction they'll go. Uh, Will Anderson from uh, Alabama, Jalen Carter from Georgia. Those are guys that could be difference makers. I would think that that's what they'll do, and Houston will then be able to draft Bryce Young because uh, they'll have the number two pick. But it'll be interesting to see what the Bears do, or... Will the Bears entertain the idea because there's so many teams out there that need a quarterback and that want Bryce Young that might be willing to give up a boatload to get that number one pick? We shall have to see. That should be very, very interesting. 46 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a break. Back in a minute, you're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 48 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call as we uh, get ready to wrap things up here on a Monday morning. Um, strange situation for the UConn women's basketball team over the weekend. They were not able to play their game on Sunday against DePaul. Why? Because they had fewer than seven healthy players. Now, part of the problem is here, and, and I don't know what the answer is. I mean, and, and Gino Gino is... <laughs> He's a far better coach than I ever was and ever could be. So far be it from me to necessarily question what he's doing. However, however, (laughs) he only carries 12 players on his roster. The NCAA Division I says you can carry 15. He only ever carries two. Well, then you start the season with Paige Beckers and Ice Brady out with injuries for the year. So now those 12 players are now down to 10. Well, then, as the gets uh, hurt, has a knee injury, has to be out for a few weeks, now you're down to nine. Caroline Ducharme gets a concussion. Now you're down to eight. And then Aaliyah Edwards and Ayanna Patterson both get hurt in Thursday's game. Now you're down to Six you got six healthy bodies he has no walk-ons he has nothing to fall back on so they have six players so they're lucky in some ways because this is based a you know the reason that they're not be, they're able to kind of make this a, a and reschedule it is because of the whole covid rules because you know teams were going down with people with covid and and so that if you know they made the rule if you don't have seven available players then you know they try to reschedule the game So I don't know when they're going to reschedule it, but that's just bizarre. You know, I get where Geno's coming from, where he constantly is recruiting the best players in the country, and so competition is fierce. And if you bring in more than those 12, there's not enough playing time for everybody, so then you end up with a lot of disgruntled people. You end up with three or four people that were stars on their teams in high school, and now they're sitting, and they're going, what in the hell? And they stay for a year, maybe two, and then they transfer. And is that a good look for your program? I mean, UConn's had several people, you know, Elena Delle who was one of the best players in, is now one of the best players in the WNBA. Originally came to UConn and left because she wasn't going to play right away. So I I get it, but at the same time, now by only having twelve, you set yourself up to, for this situation. And look, they've got a game scheduled on Wednesday at St. John's. They're hoping they're going to be able to play it, but nobody knows yet. So it's just very, very strange. Uh, On the other side for UConn, the UConn men, uh, they beat Creighton over the weekend. What a great performance by Adama Sonogo! They beat Creighton 69-60. By the way, it's the first time they've beaten Creighton since rejoining the Big East. Uh, But Sonogo was ridiculous. And uh, just dominated Ryan Kalkbrenner. And showing why, by the way... Uh, that he was the preseason Big East player of the year. He held Kalbrenner to nine points at four rebounds and four block shots. So Sonogo was great. Donovan Klingin, another solid game for UConn as well. Uh, Jordan Hawkins scored 17. The biggest concern, if you're UConn right now, is the board's. They got hammered on the boards, 49-34, and they gave up 20 offensive rebounds to Creighton. That's what kept Creighton in the game. I mean, something has—they've got to—they've got, to, got to do a better job of getting on the boards because you can't—if you get—if you get, get out rebounded like that on a consistent basis, you're not going to stay the number four team in the country. I can tell you that because <clears throat> the better teams are really going to to to, to uh, go to school. And uh, so they've got to figure that out. Uh, the Bruins yesterday finished their uh, West Coast swing. They played three games in California, uh, and they win them all. And last yesterday was the <laughs> – they beat the Anaheim Ducks yesterday 7-1. 7-1. David Pasternak with a hat trick. It was his 13th hat trick in his career in nine seasons. The only Bruins with more hat tricks in their career, Cam Neely, who had 14, and then Phil Esposito had 26. Um, but he is now second in the NHL in scoring. But just, I mean, just a dominating effort yesterday. Uh, David Krejci had a goal yesterday. Brad Marchand scored another goal. Uh, Lindholm got in on the ash. Just, it, it, the Bruins are ridiculous. 32 wins, four losses, and four overtime losses. So they have, you know, It far eclipsed what anybody else in the NHL is doing. The scary thing is, look, if you're the Bruins, you could go through the rest of the season like this, but it doesn't mean it's going to translate into the playoffs. Playoff hockey, completely different. We all know that. So, uh, uh, But a dominating performance by the Bruins just It's just absolutely crazy. I, I got to watch little bits of their three games in California, but it's tough, man. I tell you what, 1030 at night, whew. 10-30 Ten thirty starts are a bitch. It's the same thing in baseball season when the Red Sox are on the West Coast. Always hate that. And before we head out, of course, tonight the national championship game in college football. Number one Georgia fourteen and zero against number three TCU thirteen and one. Georgia looks to become the first team to repeat as national champion since the college football playoffs began uh, back in two thousand and fourteen. The last team to repeat as national championship uh, national champions were Alabama back in uh, 2011 and 2012, but that was before the official college football playoffs and it was just basically um a poll, you know, the AP and coaches polls. Um and the uh, TCU is looking for its second national title. Its last one 1938. <laughs> They would become the first Big 12 team to win a college football playoff um, and uh, and the first from the conference to win a national title in football since Texas did it uh, back in 2005. Look, the bottom line, here's the thing. Uh, TCU was going to run the football. They ran for 263 yards on Michigan. So Georgia's got to tighten up their defense. Their, fright, their front seven's got to do the job. And Georgia's uh, defense was not very impressive in their win over Ohio State. And Stetson Bennett has got to play better. You know, uh, Heisman Trophy finalist, you know, he's almost 4,000 yards passing this season, but he was not very good against Ohio State either, made too many mistakes. So if that front seven can control the TCU running attack, I think Georgia wins this. I think Georgia's going to win it anyway. Georgia's a 12-point favorite. But I didn't think TCU was going to beat Michigan either. So you got to give him a puncher's chance to win this thing. Uh, and, and I, you know, never say never, but I would be shocked if TCU wins this game. But uh, National Football Championship tonight, we'll have uh, all about about that tomorrow morning on the show. That's going to do it for us here this morning. Birthdays today, uh, Joan Baez is 82. Jimmy Page of uh, Led Zeppelin, 79 years old today. And Crystal Gale, 72 years old, the sister of of uh, Loretta Lynn who passed away this year Uh, so Crystal is 72 years old in honor of her birthday as we head out here's a little donut make it your brown eyes blue and we'll see you tomorrow you've been listening to the wake up call on sports country